This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. <laughs> only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms supply. See mcdonalds.com. Leicester City have a penalty kick in the six minutes of injury time. Injury time, injury time. Look out, takes, Almunia saves, knock out, follows in, Almunia saves again. And now Watford are on the counter-attack. Forestieri. Oh, I don't believe this. Here's Hawk. Dini! I do not believe what I've just seen. Trondini has scored from a Leicester penalty that was saved by Almunia. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. Listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. I'm Justin. I'm Cole. And I'm Peter. And joining us for the opposition view this time round is Ben from View from the Ninian. I believe this is the first time, Peter, we've spoken to a Cardiff podcast. It is, is that correct? It is. You know how unnecessarily excited I get, but let's be honest, it happens. It happens quite a lot. But today, we've got Ben from View from the Ninian, and we can find out all about Cardiff. And you know what happens when we have what we like to describe as fresh meat, somebody who's not quite <laughs> sure what the hell goes on here. But Ben, you are most welcome. You are most welcome indeed, because let's face it, Watford versus Cardiff, right, to others may seem, you can imagine those people in the top six might go, Watford versus Cardiff, oh, that's not got much. But no, we have we have a habit of turning up at the opposition's gaff and basically really pissing off the home fans, really. You guys turned up to our place during, during the pandemic. We haven't been able to see football. They, they let 2,000 in. And what happens? You turn up and turn us over 1-0. We turn up at your place during it and we score with the most unlikely free kick in the last minute. If you remember that one, your goalkeeper said... Yeah. For a, yes. Yeah, for a moment, I will do an impression of a trifle and just fall in the net. What, what, yeah. It's a great game. It's a great game. Sir, how are you? How has, how has Cardiff's season been so far? Because we looked at some of the sidings early on and we thought, oh, good things. And then it's been a bit odd. Tell us about it. Yeah, I mean, well, thanks for having me on. And Lovely. I agree with you on these games being weird. I think <laughs> last season we came to you at Vicarage Road when we were in the <sighs> absolute doldrum. Oh, my God. <laughs> Our striker scored an overhead kick that you've been trying to do every week. In fairness, he did apologise. <laughs> Sorry, Cabba. <God. laughs> there we go. How's yeah. kind of season's been? It's been very, it's been up and down, I would say. As last season was dreadful. I think we only missed out on not going down because Reading had six points deducted. So we managed to stay in the in, in the championship by, by basically admin, by doing them on the admin. So that was quite nice. And then this summer, a complete change. We got a new manager in, Errol Bullock, who's managed Fenerbahce and managed all these European clubs. Yeah. And we signed Aaron Ramsey. We signed 
um, Greek internationals from from this Turkish top flight, and the season started quite well. But I think we've won two in the last eight. We've stopped scoring goals from open play. We've stopped scoring goals from set pieces, which was our only way to score for a while. And the season's kind of come to a bit of a stuttering middle bit. I think is is how I would describe it. But I think we're we're all really happy overall. Last season stunk. It was one of the worst seasons I've ever had as a as a Cardiff <laughs> fan. I think it was. It was every week doing the podcast, every week we would turn up and have to talk about the same crap performances, the same crap footballers. And by the end of the season, we just wanted the season to be done. So we were all quite optimistic that a new manager would breathe some new life into it. And he has. And I think we're all generally quite happy. We're mid-table, which is probably what we expected to get from this season or what we hope to get from this season. And, you know, we've got another, what, three months, four months of the season now to potentially turn things around. So I think we're all, we're all relatively happy here. Very good. One, one of the things we, we tend to, to talk to talk to people about, especially when we get to speak to them for the first time, is a little bit about the ownership and sustainability mm-hmm. because it's it's an ongoing struggle in the championship. But it's, it's, it's even more when you have, shall we say, slightly combustible owners, slightly different yeah. owners. We're up to Sheffield yeah. Wednesday to, uh, as we record tonight. They've got one. Now, Vincent Tan. Is it still Vincent yeah. Tan in charge? Because he's a lot of fun. We we do need to ask about all things through his <laughs> regime. <laughs> yeah, we still got Vincent Tan. It's it's a funny one because Vincent Tan is like the sole owner of our football club, but we never see the guy. He's been to one or two games in the last few years. Obviously, with the pandemic and all that kind of stuff, that obviously curtailed it as well. So we have Vincent Tan as our owner, as our kind of majority owner, and then we've got Mehmet Dalman, who's our I think chairman ken chu who are our ceos but they're all part-time at the club doing yeah. other stuff as well Mehmet dalman i think at one point over the last couple of seasons tried to buy charlton so that's nice when yes, trying to buy another club while he's in charge of you <laughs> but yeah i think i think vincent tan's reputation obviously precedes him the, the thing he's most known for is the red kit he turned us red turned us back to blue in the process got rid of a, a generation of Cardiff fans who've never really come back and that, that took a long time oh. to come back from it I think this year he's he ceded a, a little bit of power to Mehmet Dalman I think Mehmet Dalman was the guy who who went after Errol Bullet in the summer mm-hmm. was the guy who who enabled us to sign Aaron Ramsey and, and really pushed for that kind of thing but yeah Vincent Tansell in charge and I think it's a weird one because during the pandemic, he, he he's owned other football clubs. He, he owns Sarajevo. He owns Katrick in Belgium. He was involved in LAFC. But we've never really joined up with them as a, like Man City have got the City Football Group, like you guys have got with Udinese yeah, and all course. that kind of stuff. There's never been really any joined up thinking that we've got all these clubs involved, apart from every now and again, we'll, we'll do like at the moment, we've got two players on loan at Katrick. And it's like, that hasn't happened for years. It's like, why have we done this before? Now we're doing mm. it. But there's talk that Vincent Tan doesn't even own Katrick anymore because he was selling them to somebody else. And it's it's all very complicated. And for any Watford fans wondering who Kortrijk are, that's the team who signed Craig Cathcart. He played there for about four games and then retired. So, yeah, oddness abounds <laughs> per normal. Brilliant. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Ben, didn't mean to interrupt, but go on, love it. Okay. Love this. And I think I think where we are at the moment with Vincent Tan is, is that we are... We've we've somehow he somehow still owns us. There's always conversations that he might be looking to sell. There's always conversations that he might be getting a bit fed up of having to put money into the club and it becomes a bit of a bottomless pit. But every now and again he'll appear at a game. So it, I think it was November, he appeared at a game with an Aaron Ramsey shirt on, waving at the crowds, going, Look, I'm still here. And then we don't see him again for three months. So it's a weird one. 
He is our owner, but I, I, I don't know how committed he is anymore. He he is a strange one because Vincent Tan was voted club owner most likely to become a Bond villain, wasn't he? Especially when you when he wears that camel jacket, he's got yeah, camel like coat. leather gloves yeah. and his hair's it, all slicked. Exactly, back. Yeah, he's he's, like, he's basically he's got a, interesting look. He, yeah, he's he's a white cat short of Blofeld. Let's be frank, yeah, let's exactly. be honest. Exactly, he's weird. So, and, and sorry, I don't mean to harp back to the red thing because I'm sure it's the thing that everybody asks. But as I say, it's lovely to have you here. So we want to tick off a number of these kind of bucket lists. Yeah. Yeah, whatever talking points you've got. I'm no, here. well, the thing is, right, when it happened, it was a really interesting thing for a lot of clubs because it makes you ask the question, what is it you're supporting? What is the essence of a club? Yeah. It's your colours. It's your ground. Well, of course, view from the Ninian speaks to your historic Ninian Park. Now you're now you're relocated again. So is it the ground? Well, yes and no, because we changed in 1922, so we had a 100-year celebration, etc. But it's not with beyond the wit of man that Watford might relocate at some point, who knows? I think it's been explored in in wealthier times rather than healthier times, shall we say. Is it the club colours? Is it the badge? Well, the badge was was changed, suddenly became very dragon-esque, if I, if I recall. Yeah. And then you also look at your own club. And Watford in 1959, we previously played in a blue kit. We played pl- blue and white. We were pl- yeah, we were known as the Bre- Brewers. And then because it was we were so notoriously unsuccessful and Wolves, it seemed to be, uh, were the, were the colour. We turned to gold and black. So we just did it overnight. But we, <laughs> I know. But I I always suspect that Jim Bonser, who was a, a chairman in the late 50s, who was not renowned for his uh, for his love of spending money, yeah. probably just got a garage full of yellow kit and went right fuck it and I thought that's it now yeah let's twist let's go with this you mentioned a loss of a generation of fans Mm. how does everybody look back on that now because it was a period of 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 great success but oddly tainted yeah I I I go back to the day it happened so we we just had our first season under Malky obviously your former manager who we took from you yeah he'd come in he'd come in that season when he when he came in we had nine players signed probably all the transfer targets that you had he signed for us and then we we somehow got to the playoffs and then but we didn't expect we got to league cup final and the playoffs that season so get to the playoffs that season we lose to West Ham West Ham were, they were signing everybody under the sun. They still had Carton Cole in the championship, all that kind of stuff. You think it's, it's understandable that you're going to lose to West Ham. I remember leaving Upton Park, getting on the tra- getting on the district line at Upton Park, back over to Victoria, because I was living in Streatham at the time. So I was getting to Victoria, get down to South London. And as I got to Victoria, there was this rumour on the message board that Vincent Tan is turning the kit red, that we're getting rid of the blue and we're going red. And this guy from the, the Supporters Trust, the Sports Club, I think at the time, had been in meetings where it was happened and then released this news. And for about two weeks, there was this ongoing argument about whether we were going to do it, whether we weren't going to do it, whether we were going to do it, whether we weren't going to do it, whether there was going to be money involved if we did it, whether there'll be no money involved, fan meetings, all this kind of stuff. And at one point, the club went, we're not going to do it. Don't worry. It was a mistake. We're really sorry. We're going back to blue. But at that point, I assume they'd already told the league that they were changing the kit to red. Because then a, a day later, they go, we can't change. We're, we're staying with the red. And at that point, all hell broke loose. And I, I talk about the lost generation of fans. I know people who at that point left have never been back. I know people who left, reevaluated their whole relationship with the football club. They they yeah. might go back to games now, but they're nowhere near as involved as they were. Back then, it was every home and away game they could possibly go to. Now, they're just like, well, I'll go to the odd game every season. And I think, yeah, it, it did come with success. But I think a lot of fans kind of tussled with it, right? Because ultimately... And, and and myself included at the time. Ultimately, I'm a Cardiff City fan. The club's still there, yeah. but you go and watch it and you do feel very detached from it. And I, I didn't go to as many games as, as I would have done at that point, but I was still going to games. But you felt like an odd detachment from it. And I think it took 
from from the red kit happening, we got promoted that season after the Premier League year was a disaster, and then we came down. And that season afterwards, we changed back to blue halfway through the season. And I still think it took four or five years after that for for things to go back to normal. It took to Warnock coming in basically for things to go back to normal. And I say normal. There are still people who won't go. We're still missing certain levels of fans. If you go to away games now, there's a noticeable difference between there's older fans, younger fans, and in the middle, there seems to be less of that kind of 30 to 40-year-olds who at that point would have been the, the main the main fans who mm. went because they all just turned their back on it. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, it must have been so weird, and yet you can almost see so Vincent Ta- you can you can almost see Vincent Tan pointing out it and going, see, I told you it was lucky. I was right. And yet, can and I, yet can you I do say, it. though, that uh, on. no one else has ever said that uh, bringing Neil Warnock in brings things back to normal. I mean, that is a phrase you don't hear very often. <laughs> I think I think what I what I'd give credit for Warnock for is obviously after so the red kit happened, we got relegated, Solskjaer left, and after Solskjaer we went to Russell Slade, which I think every Cardiff fan would say was a marked upgrade at that point, which is a very weird thing to say about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer who went on to manage Man United. And then we had a couple of years of, we had him, Paul Trollope, yeah. and then Paul Trollope was a, a catastrophic failure for the club. He was sacked after sort of five or six games. And then Warnock came in. And I think what Warnock did was recognise that the club was slightly at war with itself. Obviously, after the red kit, we'd had a few years of fans. The club was uh, public enemy number one, the ownership of public enemy number one. So fans weren't necessarily behind the club in its current form. But Warnock built those bridges between fans and the club again, which weren't there before and which no one else was willing to do. And I think that's what I mean when I say Warnock brought it back to normal. He made the fans feel like they were part of things again rather than just a customer who was there to be a milk for, for, for red kit money and all that kind of stuff. So that's what I mean by Warnock. Yeah. And obviously was, he then uh, got promoted. So I was perhaps being facetious there, but was, was that not, was it not during that period? And I'm sorry to bring this up Ben. Pete, Pete was this not during that period when Delafeo ripped the place apart one evening? Was it a Friday evening? Was it Cardiff? Yes, we yeah, did. We did, one, I think, we did come down yeah. and have a five one and Deeney basically scored the, the, the fifth guy. I'm sorry to call it the fifth. I do apologize, Ben, but if you ever, if you ever watch, Watch it back, and I'm sure your list of highlights of uh, Watford great five-one wins at Cardiff is extensive. Oh, yeah, yeah. But w- watch the last goal because Jerry was just basically running at people for fun, and Deeney gets his second goal by doing nothing other than basically following in Jerry Delafeo's wake. He's basically like ambulance chasing, and he basically yeah. follows him through. Delafeo immediately, obviously, takes a shot. It rebounds, and Deeney's just where he needed to be because he knew he wasn't going to pass the bloody thing. It's a thing of comedy joy. Obviously, at five-one, we we yes, we did enjoy. However, I'm going to try everybody. Everybody, if, if if this makes the cup, we'll see. But we're going to try a new feature just because of Ben's excellent descriptions of what he had. We're going to go back and we're going to we're going to name each and every one of your former managers since Malky McKay, Ben. And I'm going to put you on the spot. What I'd like is your instant mark out of ten and a single word review. And it doesn't matter. It could be okay. t- it could be toast rack for all we care. It's fine. But here we here we here we go. We'll start with a high because obviously excellent pedigree from Watford. So just as a player and as a coach and, and and even had to tolerate Brendan Rogers for a bit before he finally escaped the, the madness that was Lawrence Bassini. Let's start with Malky Mackay. So out of 10 and one word, is that what you're yeah, asking? Yeah, out of 10 uh, and one word. I'll yeah. go six out of 10, controversial. Oh, nice. David Kerslake, only two games, lost one, drawn one. If you drew with Sunderland, we were 2 0 up. Four out of 10, inconsequential. <laughs> Holy Connor Solskjaer. I thought some of their managers. <laughs> oh, this is making Ole the Gunnar- edit. I don't care. This is brilliant. <laughs> Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is getting zero out of 10, a lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Capadon and Scott Young. 
Oh, I think they were there for one game. I'm going to give them 10 out of 10 because they're both club legends. Oh, look at that. Excellent. Russell Slade? 7 out of 10. Steady. Paul Trollope? 1 out of 10. Pointless. <laughs> Neil Warnock? I'll go 8 out of 10. Just a great guy. Oh, Neil Harris? 6 out of 10. Underrated. Mick McCarthy? Zero out of ten dinosaur. <laughs> I love this. Steve Morrison. Five out of ten twat. <laughs> Mark Hudson. Oh, four out of ten uh, just abject. <laughs> Sorry for the pain. We're putting Ben through trauma here. <laughs> Dean Whitehead. Only two games, two losses. How good was Dean? Oh, I'm going to go four out of ten. You got battered at Leeds. That's all I remember. And Sabri Lamushi. Six out, of t- six out of ten, escape artist. And what do you think about your current manager? What would you give him? I'm giving him seven out of ten, and I'm going to go slightly longer with the one-word description here. <laughs> long term is what we need. So we need him for the long term. Yeah. He needs to sort his tactics out a little bit. Ah, well, that brings us on to how are you going to line up when we, when we get to play you? What, what what kind of formation and, and style are you playing with? We're playing a 4-5-1, I think, at the moment. But then against Plymouth, which was the last game I went to, which was our away game last weekend, or was the last game we played, actually, we went 5-3-2 in the second half, or 5-4-1 in the second half, I should say, with wing-backs. But we've generally started with four at the back, five in the middle, and a lone striker, basically. We play Carlin Grant and Yaku Meite as wingers, or we play Josh Bowler instead of Yaku Meite, and up front we'll play... Tete or Yaku Meite. And then at the moment, we're trying to sign a striker. So I don't know if we'll have a new striker by by Saturday. I'm hoping that we do because we need a striker. But that's the kind of formation we'll be playing at the moment. Is there is there hope that that would be Kiefer Moore on loan? Because we've, yeah. we've had him as, attached to us forever, it seems. I feel like many Ipswich, Sunderland, us, yourselves, everyone's been mentioned with Kiefer Moore this month because I think he's desperate to get out because he's not playing for them at the moment. We were hoping it was going to be this guy called Andre Illich who was going to sign from Valarenga. Don't know where where, where we'd found him. Obviously Valarenga, but Norway. our scouting <laughs> network isn't normally that good. But he looks like he's going to Lille now, so we're probably not going to sign him. I'm hoping that we do get Kiefer Moore in. We could do with a second striker, really, because none of our strikers are scoring goals this year. We had Ike Ugbo on loan from ah. French side, but he's we cancelled his loan to send him to Sheffield Wednesday. Yep. And he was our top scorer as a striker with about five goals, and he left in January. So yeah, that's where he, we're at with our strikers. He was a sort of a six-yard box man, wasn't he? Pick up on, on, on little, little bits and bobs. I remember looking at him when he was yeah. at Chelsea a few years back. Yeah, and I think we we were trying to play him as a target man, so it, it didn't work out, funnily enough. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, we look forward to 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 all of that. This is Neil Cox. We do not scratch our eyes. Thank you very much to all the Watford supporters. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. <laughs> at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I think we have come to where the rubber hits the road and where our reputation has been lost completely in the award-winning sense, as in we haven't. It's coming to... <laughs> it's the DNSYE Completely Rubbish Prediction League. No! God, please, no! No! Now, can, I, can I just say, Peter, before we go on to this, yes. I hope nobody turns the tables on us and does the sum up your managers out of ten with one word, because not only would it go on forever... But we'd be stuck. <laughs> Can you imagine on a, on if we started ten years ago? You would still be, but that 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 would just be going on forever. You'd also have repeat, you? you'd have a couple of people who came back, didn't you? Who was who was? The, you had a couple of Spanish guys who seemed to go, come okay. back, go, come back. Cheers, Flores. Yes, yes. But yeah, we'd have to find guy. a different out of ten and word for each one. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the second coming wasn't particularly good. Anyway, yes. sorry to uh, no. cut over you there, Pete. It came to mind that if anyone ever did that to us, my God. Trying to find a word to sum up Roy Hodgson, just just impossible. Really. Owl, uh, possibly good to see. Anyway, carry on, Peter. Yes, it, it's an odd day because obviously we are playing Sheffield Wednesday, and a few years back they did actually change their badge to that weird droopy-eyed-looking owl, and he's absolutely <laughs> Roy Hodgson. You're quite right. Yeah. Anyway, we must mm. stop keeping on having a go at Roy Hodgson because people tell us off and say he left years ago, and you're still having a go because let's face it, the scars run deep, Peter. They the do. scars run they deep. They do. They do. Enough of enough of enough of Roy. We don't need to talk about Roy. <laughs> so we come to our prediction league. So last year we decided everybody always asks on a podcast, what's your prediction? Nothing ever yeah. happens to that. So we decided we were going to keep tabs on this. And last year was a was a roaring success in the, in as much as we did it and nobody really paid any attention quite rightly. But the EFL, <laughs> the EFL for whom you're playing, came through at the last and pipped just into the post. And like like Roy Hodgson, he's still bitter about it. This year, this year we have expanded it beyond our level of capability. I think it's fair to say, and we now have seven participants in the in the in the game, and you cannot predict what somebody previously has predicted. So as we spa- as we stand at the moment before the Sheffield Wednesday game, one one is its own prediction. You can't just go for that cosy old. I think it's going to be a one one draw. That doesn't happen anymore, and that's because it's top of the league on twenty four points. Carlos, who is busy working, keeping the economy going, while well done, Carl, keep moving, is in second place on twenty three, and in. Third place is JP Backgammon FC. Now, last year when things were going going very nicely, basically John contacted us and said, you know what, I think Carl and Justin are so bad at this that I could beat them using inanimate objects. And so he's devised a way of basically coming up with videos for us of how he's going to predict the score using backgammon. Now, these videos that we've been getting from him and one other, which we will get to in a minute, have become increased... Um, how can I say it? Complex, sophisticated, even stylized. On this particular instance, John 
was in was in hospitality, and he was hoping to see if he could get hold of Tommy Mooney to reference a Watford and maybe not quite so Cardiff legend. Predictions League, and it's Watford v Cardiff. The die Thomas Darby. A legend for Watford for that iconic goal away at Luton when we won 4-0. And also, of course, a in for lots of other reasons for Cardiff. And talking of legends, Tommy Mooney was going to roll the dice for the Watford-Cardiff prediction. But he had to leave, unfortunately, so we've got a Tommy Mooney lookalike in to do it. Okay, Tommy, roll those Watford dice. Watford first or Cardiff? Watford first. Here we go. And it's three minus two. It's one to Watford. Tommy, roll the dice for Cardiff. Can I get a nil? You better get a nil. And it's four minus two. So that's Watford one, Cardiff two. Bollocks. What did you say, Tommy? Bollocks. I think that about sums this video up. <laughs> See you next week. You horns. You've basically got a guy disguised as Tommy Mooney there. That's fantastic. And he well, took that into hospitality as well. How we got that in, I'll never know. What, can I search <laughs> your bag, sir? Are you thinking of playing backgammon while you're uh, being entertained? Road this yeah. He, has, he has pointed out. So, first of all, stewards and their behaviour is an ongoing theme on this particular podcast. We moan about everything. But he has pointed out that backgammon sets you can take into hospitality. The glass for the frame, because there's always a framed photograph in John's piece, because just carrying a backgammon set isn't enough. Obviously, got to complicate it somehow. He had to take out the glass in the frame. So he just took a frame in with no glass. Anyway, there you go. What can you do? And that's in the hospitality. What are they expecting him to do? Anyway, never mind. He did He did point out, and he sent me a note, and John is John. John and and Ben and Jarvis are are genuinely brilliant on all of this. He did say he sent me a note. He said background all of this. I was going into Horizons and Hospitalities. It's an FA Cup game. Normally John O or Gibbsy are in there as they played with Di Thomas in that four nil Watford win. We beat Luton four nil. We just have to remind everybody that Ben that we beat Luton four nil twenty six years ago now and again of course last year. But we're talking about the one that was twenty six years ago when we beat them four nil rather than last year's four nil victory. We won't talk about the away game. So. In that game, Di Thomas scored, and when they interviewed him afterwards, and I'm not going to attempt the accent, Ben, I wouldn't do that to you. Please try. I'd no, like to hear it. They said, how did you score it? And he said, well, basically, the ball's coming across, and the, the defender was going to kick it out. So I just shouted out, keepers, and he left it, and so I stuck <laughs> it in. And it was like, it was like, oh, this is this was shithousery before shithousery was a thing. I like that very much indeed. So he wanted to get, get his, his item on that. He said, but we were upgraded to the view, and it was only Tommy Mooney, and they're doing his stuff, but but then during the game, we got drawn against Liverpool. So he ended up having to talk about that Liverpool goal. But he'd said, look, I'll come over and do it quickly at the end. He said, but a disabled girl caught his attention on another on another table and he was basically with her. So we had to rush off and do Hive Life. So instead, we've inserted where Tommy would have been. But Colin, who was doing it, sir, thank you very much indeed for, for filling in as Tommy Mooney stunt double. The first time we've ever had a stunt double on the on the videos. There we go. But it's 2-1 to sure Cardiff. Tommy, Tommy would have used the word bollocks either in, in quite the effective way.
way that Colin did as he's standing. So well done, Colin. We, we spoke to Tommy yeah. for three hours one evening the other the other year, and I'm fairly sure he could have used the word bollocks quite well. Thank you You're very much right, indeed. Speaking for him, quite right. speaking yes. on his behalf. Yes. We did have an unusual yes. moment there when, when the 2-1 result came up where Ben offered a fist bump, which was very good. <laughs> well, <laughs> you've got to take the wins where you can. <laughs> Get in. Get in. Now, I, I have to say... When, when John came in, we were three games in and we were contacted by Ben who said, I think my my Cocker Spaniel called Jarvis, yes, Jarvis Cocker Spaniel, can actually get involved in all of this. Didn't worry about the fact that he was already, oh, I don't know, one or two points behind because with that shit, we didn't really accrue anything by that point. But then he started doing videos and he's been using utilising all different forms of how he could use to predict it. We had cups that were overturned with, with numbers in and he'd knock them over and then we'd turn the cups over and people complained that he could could read the numbers even though it was a dog and then we went to the tombola for one game I yeah so the tombola wasn't very good not not no 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 it, the, the, the top the tombola wasn't wasn't particularly good it was it was it, how can i describe the tombola it was it was very much the oligona solshire of of predictions <laughs> so yeah place your audience why don't i increasingly these videos have become increasingly complex and complicated john has gone to the angel of the north to film for Sunderland. he's he, he did the he did the leeds one at the Great North Run. <laughs> now, in Jarvis's case, today's has gone really quite weird. On guard, even. I would suggest that this is... If, if Jarvis was a female, this would be called the Blair Bitch Project. Pick a number, damn you. Pick a number. Tick, talk, tick, talk. Desmond Tutu has been picked. <laughs> He's been to film school, hasn't he? So I think Ben has been film school in the last week he studied film noir or something and that is probably the best Fantastic. and most weird thing i've seen on this podcast and we've seen some stuff pete let's be honest it is but a, a, cock, a cocker spaniel turning all ingmar bergman on us is very very strange even for this place it's just um it's brilliant it, it's brilliant absolutely brilliant but we must not miss the fact that his prediction in the end was it's a desmond it's a Desmond Tutu, everybody. And I get excited at Desmond Tutu, so I have no idea why. He was trying to bring me down. I'm not having any of it. So, as ever, our great idea about having an audio podcast and putting videos on it, that one doesn't work, so you're going to have to go to Twitter to see that. But don't show it to any children because they'll be eerily worried. You're going to be eerily worried about everything. Peter, you're glossing over the fact we had a waving Chinese cat in there, a dog wearing shades. Yes. A soundtrack that was just absolutely bizarre. Yes. Clock ticking. It was just packed full of great stuff honestly that could be entered into a short film and win but you've lost a film by going it's a desmond tutu much more yeah it's very much a visual medium he did send it over and say i'm so sorry i got carried away i went all avant-garde and then remembered oh christ it's audio isn't it you really have to go and have a look at this one on twitter and of it's course superb. if anybody lives close to leicester and can get around to ben's house and make sure he's all right that would be nice this could be <laughs> yes. a, this could be a desperate <laughs> cry for help through video and a dog wearing glasses there we go yeah. uh, so the scores that we have i'm, I'm still maintaining the 
discipline of the Prediction League, even though everything's going tits up per normal, is John has predicted 2-1 to to the Bluebirds. So so blue that Vincent Tan thought, Bluebirds, you say? Red would be a nice shade for that. Red <laughs> yes, exactly. We've got Jarvis Cocker Spaniel has gone for a Desmond and random random nonsense, which if we get back to the uh, to the actual league table, is currently sitting bottom, has gone 3-0 to Cardiff today. And that's artificial stupidity. Now, where, where the EFL are at the moment is just below Jarvis Cocker Spaniel. So the EFL are currently performing just below that dog with the dark glasses making strange films. So no pressure, no pressure on you here, Ben. But what do you think, representing the EFL for Cardiff City, what do you think the score is going to be come, come, come Saturday? Did you I'm point out right. that 1-1 is the same score as I well? I did. I did way. that at the very start of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Can't I'm go 1-1 either. So much has happened since then. Yes, I know. It's all I'm confusing. Looking... Don't worry. Ben, ben, ben will pick the bones out of it. He's a professional. I was say, I'm looking around my desk for like what I could use as some kind of prediction tool. And there's a lot <laughs> of rubbish on my desk. I can tell you that. I'm going to go and shameless plug for myself here. I wrote the like away opposition view in the Watford program. Um, so I'm going to say what I said there. I think we're going to win 3-1. Because last season we came to you guys with zero oh. expectations, zero hope, and we ended up winning 3-1. So I'm going for that again this time, just well, to keep the, it consistent. The thing is, you also came with sorry Cabba. So zero hope and zero expectations were probably both fullbacks by, by that kind of name, naming convention. <laughs> Never mind. We, we were also linked with sorry Cabba, who gave us all hope and then buggered off to Spain on the basis of it. It's slightly yeah, I, warmer. I spoke to another another Watford pod, podcast about that. He got me on to do my view about Sorry Cabra, and I don't think it ever saw the light of day because he didn't Probably sign not, to you no. like ah, Well, we, we do <laughs> know that he, he, he was spoken to. He came a look at Watford, and that, that seemed to make Las Palmas in Tenerife look that much nicer, presumably. Who knows? Why he wouldn't want commanding views of the M25 from the training ground, we don't know. Never mind, never mind. When we signed him, it was quite funny because Lamucci was our manager at the time. We signed him on the very last day of the transfer window, which I think was February the 2nd, last year after we just lost to Luton and Sabri Lamucci said they asked him in the press conference oh I I, have you signed sorry Cabra and he said I don't know I don't know I haven't met him I don't know if he's in the building we'll have to wait and see and he'd never met the guy and we signed him so I think he's had a very strange transfer career sorry Cabra confident comms there (laughs) very confident what's what's our line on this in fairness, and I, and, I, and I appreciate we are talking about kind of these, these shadowy characters of players who we haven't actually signed, but having seen him play for like half a season and notwithstanding that, that overhead kick against us, which made us all go, oh, he must be good. Do you think he would have been a good signing or were you glad that in the end you didn't get him? I really don't know because he scored a lot of goals for us at the end of last season, but there were some games where he looked completely hopeless. Sometimes his first touch was so bad that his second touch was a tackle. Sometimes he missed sitters. He missed penalties. I think he missed three penalties for us. So I really don't know if he was a good player or not. I just know that he scored a few goals for us at the end of last season. And the way we were last season, anyone who scored goals, we probably would want him to sign. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's a strange one. It's a really strange one. I like the bloke. He, he gave his all for us. He, his goals basically kept us up. So I can't criticise him for that. I just wonder if he was actually that good, that that much of a good footballer. Very good. We we took the lead in that game, didn't we? Last yeah. year. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. hello. We're we're going to win this, and then fucking held out. It was just I I just I was in Elton's, I think, for that. I remember looking across to you in the Vicarage Road and shaking my head, Peter, going, "Yeah, it's going to be a long fucking game." This. It was didn't just. You, didn't one of your fans try to attack the goalkeeper? Oh yeah, someone and... the pitch, didn't they? You're right. Yeah. yeah. Half time as well. Yeah. Oh, just terrible. 
terrible. Yeah, no, that, anyway. that, that was again. Your your season was bad last year. Ours was bad in the kind of you know kind of it's the hope that kills kind of sense of the word, and yeah. we just just fell away. This year, it's absolutely the reverse. We tend to concede first and then battle back and show qualities that you go you come out on the ninetieth minute going, oh well, at least we showed something, or if we pulled it back, hurrah! Yeah. But yes, last last season was start off well tail off and we did it in games as we did it in the league this year we've got a team that i think most people are feeling far more connected to the part part of the theme of this this podcast has been about feeling disconnected from the club and what have you yeah. and i think this year has seen ironically a reduction in spend like you wouldn't believe but certainly an increase in in commitment and organization and and un, under valerian ishmael who don't get me wrong still splits the room but at least he splits it kind of 80 20 rather than the, the other way around and it's it. There's always people who are going. No, he's big and six foot four, and I don't want to piss him off, so I'm going to try and run, which goes down quite a long way. But then we go right. Well, Carlos, we're going to have to we're going to have to cut in with sleight of hand, jiggery pokery, and daylight upon magic. But Justin, you are mm. you are just below the EFL at the moment on alphabetical mm. reasons. You're both on 17 points, so you need to basically see Ben and raise him. And he's gone for three one Cardiff. What are you going to go for? Yes. Well, I'd, I'd rather we were playing away, Peter, because we seem to be slightly better away than at home. Oh, I don't know. I think I'd like to see a clean sheet for once. That would be nice. So I'm going to place all of my chips on a clean sheet and I'm going to go 2-0 Watford. Oh, blimey, the, the, the continual optimist, even though he scored one point in the last seven games by being so, yeah. Justin is going against mm. time because let's face it, you're not known as the world, one of the world's optimists, are you? I'm not, no, I'm not. And I just think that maybe it's just the fact, like you said, there is a connection with the team at last and, and, with, and with everything at last. And you just feel, as like I said to you, and I've said many times on the podcast recently, I'm actually enjoying and looking forward to going to matches where the past four seasons, it's felt like something I'm obliged to do. Now I actually enjoy it. So yeah, I, and I'd like to see us keep a clean sheet because they are so rare and so precious. So notwithstanding what might happen this evening at Hillsborough, let's go for a clean sheet and uh, a 2-0 Watford win. Very good, very good. Just looking through your scores, Justin, on 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 the spreadsheet. Because boy, do I love a spreadsheet. Um, you have you scored. Spreadsheet. You have scored three points over across three individual games when you've predicted a, a clean sheet. Does suggest that they are as rare as hen's teeth. But wait, is that the phone ringing? <laughs> Hello, Carl. Excellent. What do you think the score's going to be? Sheep shagging this time rounds. Uh, let's go for. Let's go for a heavy one. Let's go. Watford 4, Cardiff 0. Watford 4, Cardiff 0. Obviously, you can leave the uh, bit out of the podcast, but the sheep shagging, I think is fair. Anyway, have a lovely day. Goodbye. Brilliant stuff. There we go. Excellent. I've got to say, we've been waiting for a Cardiff podcast to come on and you haven't let us down at Absolutely all. Absolutely brilliant, Ben. Fantastic wow. stuff. Fantastic uh, stuff. I, I hope um, I will say I hope this goes some way to repairing the bridges that I burnt with Watford fans a couple of years ago when I think I called you bad at shithousing on a podcast and said that your defender Sierra Alta sounded like a really bad soda drink from America. Sierra Alta, I got his name wrong. That's we good. got a lot yeah. of shit from Watford fans. Fair enough. Yeah. No, I think that's a fair assessment, actually, on, on both. 
both on both counts. I think it's 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 going to be interesting, isn't it, to see how it all goes at the rest of the season? Because pressure, I think, from our fans now is to what you're going to do now that you've built this yeah. goodwill and got a team that looked fairly good, and are you going to actually push for the top six? That remains to be seen. I think even if we don't push for the top six, I think we've enjoyed this season more than certainly the last four. Even the one where we got promoted under uh, Zisco, I think this has been more enjoyable. So, well, mainly because we couldn't get in because of COVID. It's been absolutely fantastic having you on. Thank you very much for coming on. And hopefully, if we're both in the same division next season, we get to do it all over again with you. Definitely, yeah. Thanks thanks for having me on. Like I said, I've I've admired your podcast from afar. So I like the way you do things. So it's been great to come on and and talk with you guys. And I think I I, I agree with what you're saying. It's the same for us, really. We've felt closer to the Cardiff team this year. We felt closer to the club than we have been in previous years. The last couple of years have been absolutely dreary and and like you guys we're we're knocking on the door of the playoffs i think we're three points behind you effectively in the league but the league's so tight in the middle that a couple of results either yeah. way and all of a sudden you're looking up or down so i think the next four months could be really exciting for both our teams so hopefully we're going neck and neck for that last playoff spot i genuinely think a, a lack of cash in the division has actually improved yes. The excitement on game day. I'm not saying that the championship is better for it because clearly, as a as a quality issue, it's not. But as a terms of turning up and not quite knowing what's going to happen, brilliant. Yes. We've both been up in in the Premier League, and when you get out of it, it's almost like, oh, at least I can enjoy Saturdays again. I win again. Yeah, rather than Sunday tea time or something stupid. Ben, thank you very much for coming on. Do not scratch your eyes. We'll do it again next time. Thanks for being here. Brilliant Thanks, stuff. Thanks Cheers, Ben. Much. Thank you, sir. Thanks, guys. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? <whistles> At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. By fans.